Hello and welcome to Unbreak My Heart, a podcast designed to help you glue your heart back together after a breakup. I'm Tess, I'm not a relationship expert, but I am an expert in getting my heart broken and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about how to get through it. Uh, I'm guessing you found your way to this podcast because you've just been dumped or you've recently broken up with someone and me too. So why don't we see if we can get through the shitstorm of emotions together and come out of the other side healthier and happier and without looking like a twat. In this episode, we're going to be figuring out how to love ourselves and build self-esteem and self-confidence. I hope you're all feeling a lot better. I meant to record this actually last week, but then shit kicked off with coronavirus in London Um, and what I was originally going to say was that I actually feel way better I'm feeling more secure in myself more joyful and happy in my day-to-day life like I'm enjoying just working on my projects and figuring all my shit out and I think all the stuff I've been telling you to do is legit (laughs) and although all of that is true I need to be honest, I have been acting like a twat. I failed big time at this getting over a breakup thing. I basically broke all the rules. Not only was I in contact with my ex, I met up with him in a pub the night before the lockdown. Although I should caveat that the pub was really empty and it was pouring with rain and we didn't really have a choice if we wanted to speak to each other, which we probably shouldn't have done anyway. Oh, but still so many rules broken there. Uh, Not just breakup rules, but also coronavirus rules. Ugh, just don't do it, guys. Like, all the feelings got bigger. It was like, I don't know, it just kind of felt like nothing had happened. And there was knee touching. I was trying really hard the whole time not to just, like, reach up and, like, kiss him. Um, And, you know, like, the chemistry was the same and the chat was the same and... The vibe was the same vibe, and I was just like, oh, well, why did it end? Because this feels really nice. (laughs) Uh, And then I walked home in the dark of the cold, and it was like 30 minutes, and I almost got to my front door, and then I realised I'd left my wallet in the Forbidden pub, and I had to get in a Forbidden Uber to go back to the Forbidden pub to get my wallet before, before it closed. And then I was pranging out about being in a confined, potentially virus-infested car (laughs) home again. So I got my wallet and I walked 30 minutes home again in the dark and the cold. And then, a couple of days later, I spent five and a half hours on the phone to him. And I said some, like, now quite regrettable things. (laughs) And dug a hole that I can't see out of. So there you are, back to square one. Thank God someone's made a podcast about how to get over a breakup because I clearly need to follow my own rules. Although actually, I'm not quite at square one. Like, I'm not sad. I'm not crying. I do know this was the right thing. I'm like vaguely delusional about the future, but also sane enough to know that I'm delusional. And then it's all probably to do with the fact we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're locked down and the only person I get to see in my life is my housemate, who I'm just not attracted to. So, you know, if it was under normal circumstances, I'm pretty sure I might still be pining after him a little bit, but also that I'd be able to distract myself a lot more easily. And 
I wouldn't have met up with him because I wouldn't have had that, oh my God, the world's going to end feeling. I would have just been like, nah, I'm good. Maybe, hopefully. Um, uh, yeah. And I've been like texting him every single day. I just cannot get the fucking hint. Um, that he's a good guy. He's not really responding. (laughs) So I guess I'm helping you to get through this breakup without you looking like a twat because I'm showing you what happens when you don't follow the rules and you act like a twat. Do as I say, not as I do. So now I have to go back to the no contact. And if I can do that, I can get back on the road to addiction recovery and move the fuck on. So in quite a meta move, to quote myself from episode two, I have to say to myself, Tessa, he doesn't want to be with you anymore. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want to hear from you. You cannot make someone want to be in a relationship with you. You must not contact him and you must let him be free and go out into the world when we're allowed outside again. Um, And you must enjoy your single life. And the right person is just around the corner. And in the meantime, just live your quarantine life of crumpets and dance parties with your housemate and baby documentaries on Netflix, and the single daily walk outside. And I can do this, I hope, I think. Please pray for me. Please send me all the good vibes. (laughs) I don't want to get back with my ex, and he doesn't want to get back with me. So, like, you know, I need to move the fuck on. Right, so, if you can still take my advice seriously, and it is really good advice, I promise, Let's get back on it. Thank you for listening. In the last episode, we talked about taking responsibility for our own healing and how by doing this, we give ourselves power. Like not relying on anyone to sort our shit out means that we're forced to do it ourselves, which makes it so much more effective in the long run. And that goes for love too. So we need to take responsibility for loving ourselves before we ask someone else to do it for us. And I've been coming up with this little analogy in therapy and my therapist understands what I'm saying. So hopefully you guys will understand what I'm saying too. Although I am paying her, so maybe she doesn't actually get what I mean. Anyway, um, I find it really helpful, especially maybe if you're someone like me who's a little bit empty, but that likes to give a lot out rather than like give it back to myself. So imagine inside of you is a bank account and every day you deposit stuff into that bank account and it's like love for yourself. So that looks like eating well or exercising meditating like seeing your friends being kind to yourself positive self-talk gratitude all the good stuff that we've been talking about throughout this podcast and you have all this love and all this kindness and all these good loving feelings on top of all these behaviors and these things are your money (laughs) so every day your inner bank balance is growing as you deposit all these behaviors and good thoughts into your bank And once your bank has like a decent amount of money in it, so like a decent amount of self-love, you might feel like being generous with the contents of your bank account. So that means giving someone else some of your love and care and kindness and good feeling. But what if you don't have enough in your bank account to go around? You can't just give all of that love to someone else and leave nothing in your account. You'd end up starving or relying on other people to give you love from their accounts to fill up your own, which 
isn't very fair. So, like, what if they run out of funds and you're cut off without a penny and you've no idea how to fill up your own account and you've depleted all of their funds? Or what if they're quite greedy and they want to take, like, most of the contents of your account and not pay you back any in return? Or what if actually they just don't have anything in there? It's completely empty. So even if they wanted to give you some and, like, share some of their love with you, they don't actually have anything to give you. So I guess in an ideal scenario, you'd work on filling your own bank account first, like work out how to keep filling it regardless of anyone else so that you know you're always going to have enough and you're not going to have to rely on anyone else for handouts. And then once you know how to fill your own bank account, you've got plenty of savings, you find someone who also has a really full account. And you pull your resources and you share what you have and you enjoy spending it on each other and making more together. And wouldn't it be so beautiful because you both have plenty of love for yourselves and each other. And yeah, maybe the worst comes to the worst and one of you doesn't want to share your resources anymore. But it doesn't matter because you each know how to fill up your accounts by yourself. So what can we do to fill up our bank accounts with self-love and why is it important? Uh, I asked Google, like, not about the bank bit, but about the self-love bit. And actually, I found some really annoying answers. (laughs) So I really struggled to just, like, get a really good list. Like, they were all quite full on. But there was a couple which I think are pretty true to our current situation. So... When you love yourself, you learn to deal with adversity. You feel less stressed or uncomfortable when going through difficult events or situations. You won't compete with or compare yourself to others. You'll embrace your hardships and you'll become an optimistic thinker and you'll be willing to get creative and try new things. Um, It helps you develop healthy self-esteem. So with self-love, you'll develop Self-esteem, which is feeling good about yourself, your opinions, your abilities. Having healthy self-esteem means you understand failure is a learning opportunity, not a painful indicator of defeat. Your pride and confidence aren't easily diminished when you value your opinions and your abilities. So in daily tasks and activities, you'll complete things without hesitation. Self-esteem plays a huge role in mental health. By having a great level of self-esteem, you'll be less likely to suffer from loneliness, drug or alcohol abuse or anxiety. And also just if you love yourself next time round when, you know, go through a breakup, it's not going to hit you so hard. You're going to feel like you can handle it. I've definitely only just learned to love myself over the last year or so. I like I really thought I was a kind of piece of nothing when I came out of my bad relationship. Like I was this kind of discarded, worthless rag of a person. And I'm not gonna lie, it's been quite a massive slog to get to a place where I can be like, oh, you know, you're actually alright. Um but I've been working really hard on it and it's really paying off. I've stopped putting up with rubbish from people. I'm way more selfish, which sounds bad, but it's actually not as good. And I put myself first and I'm starting to see myself for who I actually am. Um, And in the past, I've been like that absolute advert for how if you don't love yourself, you let people treat you badly. Like you don't look after yourself, you make bad choices and generally things feel a bit shit. But 
like this most recent breakup because I love myself it didn't leave me feeling like what the fuck is wrong with me I'm so worthless it just left me thinking oh he's got a lot of shit going on it wasn't meant to be which you know is actually really refreshing and to say that I love myself is huge and it feels amazing uh so what other things we can do to build on our self-love firstly get your journal out it's journal time and I want you to write a list of all the things you love about yourself so absolutely everything fill a page and don't be embarrassed or modest or like feel like writing this stuff down is arrogant because it's not it's really important if you want to be loved by other people then first you need to identify what you believe is lovable about yourself so I I'll do it now um I love that I always find the silver lining in any situation I love the sound of my own voice <laughs> no, and that's the joke but uh I love that I'm funny I love my face I have a nice face I think I have a banging bod I love the gap in my teeth I love that I'm a good cook and I'm a great mum to plants <laughs> if not to humans because I'm not a mum um anyway what do you love about yourself okay next chuck some positive affirmations in your journal i fucking love affirmations (laughs) i do them in the gym instead of counting reps so to to somebody outside it might look like i'm just like thinking like one two three but actually i'm thinking like i am strong i am powerful i am in control and I also just write them down all the time. Our kitchen table is actually currently covered in them because my housemate is great and he enjoys all of this stuff too. So we've got like, I am loved. The universe has my back, like written on different things. Uh, So yeah, you can write them down on pieces of paper and stick them around your house and like put one as your phone lock screen. So you see it every time you look at your phone. Mine says, everything is always working out for me. And it really actually is. Um, And also there's like a million positive affirmation videos on YouTube if you fancy listening to someone else saying them to you instead. Uh, Like, I've been doing this a long time. I remember my first big breakup when I was 22. I was actually engaged, so it was pretty major. Um, And when it ended, I started going running. And as I ran, I'd repeat to myself... I am beautiful, I am attractive, I am intelligent, I am funny, all this stuff. And I actually do believe those things about myself now. And I guess, yeah, I've been practicing those thoughts for like 11 years. But considering that for eight of those years, I was being made to feel I was the opposite of those things. The fact that I actually really believe them about myself shows that they work, I think. Um, But, you know, how can you trust me? Because... I'm a twat and I'm ignoring all my own advice. So I also asked Google and Google said, affirmations are positive statements that can help you to challenge and overcome self-sabotaging and negative thoughts. When you repeat them often and believe in them, you can start to make positive changes. You might consider affirmations to be unrealistic, but try looking at positive affirmations this way. Many of us do repetitive exercises to improve our physical health and affirmations are like exercises for our mind. 
These positive mental repetitions can reprogram our thinking patterns so that over time we think that we begin to think and act differently. It says that affirmations have been used to successfully treat people with low self-esteem, depression and other mental health conditions and they've been shown to stimulate the areas in our brains that make us more likely to affect positive changes in regard to our health. So apparently stronger sense of self-worth makes you more likely to improve your own well-being which I think is pretty great. So that's a very good addition to our self-love practices. Spend as much time as possible with your friends. And this is really hard to do right now because everyone's locked up inside uh, because of coronavirus. Um, And FaceTiming people just isn't quite the same as seeing someone in real life, but you can still have connections. And, you know, have you got that house party app that everyone has? I've been using that for big group chats and that's pretty fun. Anyway, hopefully you're not even listening to this right now. And instead, you're listening after coronavirus and the world still exists. So you can spend time with your friends. Because, uh, you know, you might have neglected friendships during your relationship. That's a really easy thing to do when you're in love with someone and you want to spend all your time with them. But now is your opportunity to rekindle those lovely connections you have with people that aren't your ex. And I don't know about you, but being with my friend kind of rein- friends like reinforces my sense of self. Because your friends like you, right? Otherwise they wouldn't be friends with you. And I find that being with my friends reminds me about all the good parts of myself, like I'm a good listener most of the time, I'm kind and caring, I'm funny, I'm generous, and being able to put those sides of me to good effect in friendships makes me like myself more. And also it's just fun being with your friends and having a laugh and enjoying the company of people like with no pressure. And the internet says that good friends are good for your health. Friends can help you celebrate good times and provide support during bad times. Friends prevent loneliness and give you a chance to offer needed companionship too. Friends increase your sense of belonging and purpose, boost your happiness and reduce stress, improve your self-confidence and self-worth, help you cope with traumas such as a breakup, encourage you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits such as excessive drinking or lack of exercise. I don't agree with that. I mean, I guess it depends on the friends you have, but like, yeah, I've got some friends who are like, hey, should we go and exercise? But I've also got friends who are like, hey, shall we eat all this chocolate and watch TV? (laughs) So, you know, I guess it depends on the friend. Let's go back to this idea of filling up our inner bank accounts of love a second. So we're putting in deposits from recognising the things that we love about ourselves, using our positive affirmations, seeing our friends if we're physically allowed to. Um, Hopefully you're also already doing exercise, eating well, feeling your feelings, sleeping loads, thinking about things you're grateful for, and basically doing all the stuff we've talked about in the past episodes. So you're filling up that bank account nicely. So how can you top it up? Uh, have you started any new hobbies or gone back to some old ones? I know we've talked about that before. I'm obviously making this podcast as a little hobby. And my housemate is teaching me to DJ. I'm actually all right at it, surprisingly. And I'm thinking 
with this quarantine, if we've got 12 weeks together, I'm going to come out of it like the new Dario G. <laughs> it's very niche DJ reference. Ugh. But, okay, so learning new skills or remembering your love for old ones is super beneficial for like reminding you of who you are. You're not just Bethan, who's been left by James from Bermondsey. You're Bethan, who's really fucking good at embroidering pictures of cats. So good, in fact. You're going to open a shop on Etsy and you're going to sell those cat embroidery pictures for a good, like, £100 a piece. And eventually, you're going to leave your job in HR and you're going to start embroidering full time. Um, But let's not take my word for it. Let's have a little look at what Google says. Hobbies promote eustress. What is eustress? That sounds like an unhappy sheep. But no, eustress is a positive kind of stress. The kind that makes you feel excited about what you're doing and about life. Oh yeah, that's totally true, isn't it? So when you're doing something you love, and it's just something you're doing just because for the hell of it, you feel a rush of excitement and joy. Hobbies offer a new challenge. Yeah, that's very true. It's like an excellent outlet for challenging yourself. Hobbies unite you with others. Yeah. You connect with all the different people who are passionate about what you're excited about. Hobbies provide an outlet for stress. Yeah, that's very true. If you're focusing on a non-work-related task, you're giving your mind something else to focus on. And when you really get in the flow, all of your worries and stresses fade away. And hobbies have physical health benefits. Researchers found that engaging in enjoyable activities during downtime were associated with lower blood pressure, cortisol, waist circumference and BMI. That's cool. And correlated to higher levels of positive psychosocial states and lower levels of depression and negative effect. So hobbies are good for your mind and your body. Volunteering is also really good for building your self-love. It develops emotional stability. So depression, PTSD, low self-esteem have all been helped by volunteering. When people with these issues volunteer, they feel more connected to others. They have an increased sense of purpose. Connection and meaning translate to decreased symptoms and improved social function. And volunteering improves self-esteem. It gives you feelings of confidence, self-worth, and yeah, helps you develop your self-esteem. And it really does. I was a mentor with a charity in London called The Girls Network. They're amazing. You should check them out. They aim to inspire and empower girls from the least advantaged communities. And I was a mentor with them for a few years. I met some really amazing teenage girls and it sounds so cheesy but they taught me loads and honestly when you're hanging out with a 15 year old it really puts your own shit in perspective also age uk do this thing called like telephone friend i was a telephone friend with them for a few years and it was so fun and it was really nice to like you call the same old person once a week for a chat but my old people kept dying or getting really ill so i stopped because i felt like what if i was a bad influence um, 
but honestly it's it's just really fun and volunteering like gives you this kind of sense of purpose outside of your usual life and like obviously it makes you feel good about yourself (laughs) in a very kind of like cold way um because you're doing something good for the world and that's only ever going to benefit you and the people that you're helping it's really fun to try new things and put yourself out there and meet new people Building this new single life can be filled with positive moments and new friendships and opportunities. You might have had people telling you to just do things by yourself, like date yourself, go for dinner alone, go to the cinema, go on holiday. And to be honest, some of those things are fun, some aren't so much fun. But when you do something alone, even if you have a shit time, you always come out of it feeling more empowered. Going to the cinema alone is so easy. You're sitting in the dark anyway, and it's not like when you're with someone you're talking to them. Going on holiday alone is not so easy. (laughs) Like, it could be really liberating to not have to compromise about your plans, and you can kind of affect this mysterious, like, yes, I am traveling alone because I'm badass kind of vibe. But it also accentuates whatever you're feeling. So if you already feel lonely, you're going to feel 10 times lonelier in Tokyo where you can't communicate with anyone you're jet lagged it's really hot and humid you're being eaten alive by mosquitoes and you have like a period so heavy you have to change your tampon every 30 minutes because the Japanese ones are just too delicate true story and yes traveling the west coast of America by train sounds fun and you might think why wait I'll just go on my own but an 18-hour train journey alone isn't actually as fun as it sounds. And considering it sounds really shit, you get where I'm coming from. (laughs) But if you're feeling confident and like you'd actually really enjoy it, then please do, because some parts of it are fun, and you get good stories, and you can look back and think, oh my god, like I can't believe I did all that. And actually, the first time I went anywhere alone, I went to New York by myself, was actually pretty fun it was just like the next time I went alone (laughs) and then the next time that weren't but like I got some good Instagram stories out of it and I know that I can entertain myself pretty easily and I don't know if I'm being truly honest I wish I'd shared all those trips with someone else it's very hard to get as excited about seeing Mount Fuji on your own as you would be with someone else I really haven't learned this lesson though, like I went to Paris by myself a couple of weeks ago just for a day trip because, you know, I'm not an animal anymore, but who doesn't want to wander around the most romantic city in the world on their own when they've just been heartbroken? (laughs) In all seriousness though, like doing all those crazy trips makes me now a lot more adventurous on my own in London. Like, I eat by myself all the time. I go to exhibitions, to cinema, museums, whatever. It's really nice to spend time by yourself doing these things and date yourself, like, in this low-key way. Buy yourself nice presents, like, get dressed up for yourself, cook a nice dinner, all of that. Just, if you're feeling vulnerable, stick to your own city or your own country, at least, where, you know, you're on the same time zone as your friends and family and can call them whenever and see people when you get home. We've talked in previous episodes about the importance of not rushing into anything new 
and I've come up with this really rural analogy. <laughs> so sorry if you're not up to speed with fields. But basically, I really like this idea of becoming a fallow field after a relationship. And I googled the definition of a fallow field because I was worried that actually I'd kind of got it wrong. I did get it wrong because I thought fallow fields were beautiful. They're not. Don't don't look up a picture of a fallow field because they don't look very nice. But anyway, <laughs> a fallow field is land that a farmer ploughs but does not cultivate for one or more seasons to allow the field to become more fertile again. The practice of leaving fields fallow dates back to ancient times when farmers realised that using soil over and over again depleted its nutrients. Fallow land is left to rest and regenerate. Fallow periods were traditionally used by farmers to maintain the natural productivity of their land. The benefits of leaving land fallow for extended periods include rebalancing soil nutrients, re-establishing soil biota, breaking crop pest and disease cycles, and providing a haven for wildlife. Okay, so why am I talking about fields? This isn't the freaking archers. Basically, right now I'm trying to be like a fallow field. Not so I can become actually fertile and have a baby, like that's not my plan. But more, I like this idea of leaving myself dormant for a bit and not letting anyone come along and plant seeds in me. And I don't, I'm, like, I don't, I'm not even meaning sperm. I mean, like, metaphorically. I don't want anyone else to come and have an input in my life for a while. I just want to rest and regenerate and let my mind and my heart reestablish their own soil biota and not like become a haven for wildlife I don't want to get worms or something but become a haven for creative ideas and other good things and I feel like this idea of using a field over and over again until it's burnt out feels sort of similar to the idea of hopping from one relationship to the next one person to the next without ever letting ourselves take the time to stop and settle and let who we really are kind of come to the surface again And I'm probably an extreme case of this when it comes to relationships and like my ability to lose myself. I'm working on it. But I know that even in the the healthiest of relationships, there's always like compromise and each person merges slightly with the other. And that can be a really beautiful thing. But there's inevitably some like loss of self that happens in that kind of connection. So lying fallow for a while will hopefully allow that self to grow again. And I think it also ties in with this idea of not rebounding. Like, imagine being the farmer that gets the shit field that's been used up and now has bad soil and it's not growing well, it's not lush, it's not full of beautiful plants and flowers. You'd be like, oh, it looked like a really nice field from, like, afar, but actually the soil's really dry and the carrots are tiny. (laughs) I don't really know where I'm going with this, but basically what I'm trying to say is, If you rush to meet your farmer too quickly, like the new one, you won't be ready and you won't be able to grow anything beautiful with them. But if you leave your soil to regenerate for a bit, like lie a bit fallow, by the time the right farmer comes along, you'll be like, hey, come and plant your parsnip in my soil. I'm moist and earthy. (laughs) And ready for fertilization. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. 
the last bit I just want to talk about in this episode is remember when you felt this way before and like how you got over it and how far you've come since then like do you remember the last time you broke up with someone and the first time you broke up with someone and remember how bad it felt and how you thought you'd die without that person and your life was completely over and like all that pain and those huge intense feelings and emotions but like if you look back on it now aren't you really glad that it happened (laughs) last summer I was feeling pretty bummed out about having like I'd broken up with someone who was actually he was a bit of a shit anyway he was not a good person but I was like oh I feel bad and now like 12 months later I'm so glad that I don't have anything to do with that dude. In fact, he texted me the other day and I've ended up blocking him because I was like, why is he in my life? What a loser. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to feel exactly the same about this current one because it didn't end on a sour note. But still, in a year or so, when I'm like over him and with someone new and lying in bed with them and enjoying this like happy life with someone else... I'm pretty pretty sure I'm going to look back at this and be like, oh, I'm really glad that happened. Oh, guys, I feel so much better about my breakup having done this episode. (laughs) Earlier I was sitting around thinking like, oh, you dickhead. Why have you gone so far backwards? And now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually fine. (laughs) There might be a global pandemic going on outside, but I've got some crumpets upstairs and a nice housemate and a couple of cats that are keeping me company right now. And the sun hasn't stopped shining for days and like the cherry blossoms on the trees and my friends and family are safe and well. And in the long run, I won't even remember how much I love this dude. Of course, There's going to be like ups and downs in this whole getting through a breakup process. But whatever's happening is temporary. Life moves on. We all move on. Even if we feel stuck right now and can't move on as fast as we'd like to. (laughs) But we can still take like loving steps for ourselves. We can still be kind and generous with our healing and figure our shit out and become better versions of ourselves and emerge from a global lockdown remembering who we are and how much we have to offer the world thank you for continuing on this journey with me i'm sorry i fell off the wagon for a bit firmly back on the straight and narrow (laughs) i hope you're all doing really well and you're safe and healthy i'm sending you loads of love and in the next episode we're going to talk about the future you How exciting. See you in episode five. Bye.